Proverbs 4, let's begin to read in verse 1. And the Bible says, Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved, in the sight of my mother. He taught me also, and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee, she shall bring thee to honor, and when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom, I have led thee in the right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold on instruction, let her not go, keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not into the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness, and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness, they know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. You can be seated. Lord, we love you. We thank you again for this wonderful evening that you've given us uh, to come and worship and to come and learn. Uh, Lord, I pray tonight as we preach, I pray that folk would be encouraged. I pray, one, if somebody's lost, they'd be encouraged to come and get saved. Uh, If there is a need, I pray that need would be met. I pray that, Lord, you'd give us clarity of mind, but also clarity of speech. Uh, Lord, that these folk out here don't have to wonder what I'm talking about, why I'm preaching. I pray that you would open hearts and that to the receiving of the word. And I do pray for a touch from heaven tonight, for we certainly need you. We want you to be honored in this message and glorified. And Lord, I thank you tonight most of all for Jesus who loved us and died for us and who saved us. And I thank you for that. If there's somebody lost tonight, we ask you to save them and save that sinner's nearest hell. Help us now for all this in Jesus' name. We do ask, amen and amen. Uh, This whole chapter has to deal with Uh, Basically, wisdom and understanding uh, and the direction uh, that it gives us uh, in our life. Uh, Three times uh, in this passage, he uses the word path. 
Uh, in verse 14, he talks about the path of the wicked. In verse 18, he talks about the path uh, of the just. In verse 26, he tells us uh, to ponder uh, our path. Uh, to ponder something means to think on it uh, or to examine it or to weigh it uh, in the mind. Uh, we're to think about the path that we're traveling. Uh, that path is a way or a passage. And when I looked it up, it said uh, that some paths are beaten down by animals, some are beaten down by men. Uh, but it is a path or a passage. Uh, it also said the course of life or a precept or rules that are prescribed. And so when we're living this life, we're traveling uh, on a path. I mean, we're running a race. The Bible gives us a lot of uh, synonyms, if I could say that, or a lot of uh, examples in that of the Christian life. But he said that we are to travel, if we're the just, uh, to travel on the right path. And he said it will be more as a shining light that shineth more and more unto a perfect day. Now let me say quickly that the lost are on the wrong path. Uh, they're on their way to hell and they're headed that way with full steam ahead uh, until they meet Jesus Christ. Uh, they're never going to get to heaven. Never get on the right path. It does not matter without Him. You're not on the right path. Are you with me tonight? Right. Amen. Alright, help me out now. Don't go to sleep on me. Uh, but listen, we are uh, what puts me and you on the right path after we get saved uh, is the Word of God. And that's what he's talking about right here is he's talking about getting wisdom and getting understanding. Uh, uh, all of our wisdom and understanding comes from the Word of God. Uh, you need to be sold out on the Bible. You need to be, you really do. I mean, listen, you're sitting in a Bible with King James, Bible-believing Baptist church tonight. Uh, and by the way, uh, I'm all those things. I am a Bible-believing Baptist tonight. Uh, and it is that Way It's about the Bible first and about Baptist second. Amen. Amen. I, I believe in being a Baptist, but I'm going to be a Bible believer first. Amen. But I want you to look with me tonight that, listen, we are to follow God's Word. You come to verse 12 as, uh, as he's talking about having wisdom and having understanding. He said, when thou goest, when you're traveling, when you're going on that path, uh, he says, thy steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. You'll be on the right path. You see, you won't have to go back and fix anything. I, I want you to get this tonight. If you don't get anything, I want you to understand this. That anything that takes you away from God, that takes you away from His Word, and takes you away from the church, you're going down the wrong path. You're headed down the wrong way. And it may not seem that way at the time, but it is the bad path tonight. And it really starts with pride when you go that way. Tonight I want to look, if I can, for just a minute on the path of getting away from God. There is a path that we travel for the Lord, but there is also a path that gets us away. Take your Bible and go to the book of Genesis chapter 3. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 3. And you should know this, but we find a good example of this tonight about the path that gets us away from God. 
Uh, it is a prideful path that no matter how much we justify it, and no matter how much we want to justify it, it's a prideful path. Uh, we want to do a lot of times, if, if you find, I'm talking to saved people tonight, and, and I don't think saved people start out the day saying, I think I'm just going to get away from God. But somewhere along the line, there's something that we want to do. Uh, and so instead of saying, what does God say? What does God's Word say about this situation and the path that I want to travel? We decide we're going to do what we're going to do, and we head in the wrong direction. Look in Genesis 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Now you need to understand about his subtlety. You need to grasp that tonight. He's very subtle in things that he does. Uh, he makes things not sound so bad. Uh, he makes things look better than what they are. Uh, he can justify uh, bad things uh, in your life if you'll let them. And he said, He was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat every tree, eat of every tree of the garden. I preached on this a lot of times. What's the first question in the Bible? Is God's word right? I mean, that's always been the argument since, since day one. I, I, since, since Satan and man began to converse with each other, the argument has been, did God mean what He said? And that's been the argument since then, and it's still an argument today with the world and with the church. Did God mean what He said? Yes, He did. <clears throat> and the woman said unto the serpent, when they eat of every fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not touch it. Uh, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So she knew. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Now, number one tonight, the path in getting away from God uh, first of all, is we listen to the wrong person. Tonight, what happened to Eve is she just listened to what the devil had to say. Uh, he come out and he first said, How did God really mean uh, what he said? And, and do you know what God says? As a matter of fact, she knew what God said. You go back, y'all know this, in Genesis 2 and 17, uh, here's what the Lord God commanded man in verse 16, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. That's what God said. It's very plain, very easy to understand, very easy to grasp. You can eat of every tree out here in the garden, except one don't eat of it, because when you do, you'll die. No ifs, ands, or buts. You go to verse 2 of chapter 3, and the woman said to the serpent, that was her first mistake. She answered me. We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. You know, even Michael, the archangel, over in the book of Jude, I, I, he says, I durst not bring a railing accusation against you, but I rebuke you in the name of the Lord. 
<coughs> Michael Archangel wouldn't even tackle him. What makes you think that me and you are any match for him outside of the Lord Jesus Christ? A lot of people think that, that he's just like somebody else, uh, that he's just some kind of being uh, that is out to try to get them to do bad and to do wrong. He's got power tonight. Now thank God I'm saved and greater is he that is within me than he that's in the world. Amen? Or to shout it right there. That's the only reason we get to win tonight is because of the Lord Jesus. She said we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now I've always wondered about that and heard different preachers say different things about this. It said right here, neither shall you touch it. Now I don't know if God said that because back in the, uh, in the prior verses we don't find that. And maybe Adam just told her, said, you know what, don't eat of it. I, as a matter of fact, just don't even go over there and touch it. Amen. I don't know how that went down. I don't know how it went down. But he said it's better that you just stay away from it. I think that's something good for me and you to learn about that. As a matter of fact, just don't even go over our See, it's one thing to eat something, but it's another to start touching that thing. You just might pick it off there and you just might eat it. A lot of people, they want to get up as close as they can to the world and rub up on it. And friend, I'm going to tell you, you rub up with the world, they're going to end up on you eventually tonight. She started carrying on that conversation, but she knew what was right. But she listened to the wrong one. Because Satan lied to her. That's why people get headed down the wrong path and that away from God is because they believed a lie. Anybody in their right mind that's saved and knows better, they, 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 they always think uh, uh, that it's not going to be them. They always think that they're not going to get caught. They always think this and this and this, but always believe in what the devil's telling them. I remember what Brother Ted told me one time, and I think I've told you all this, and uh, he says, son, he says, when, when, when I hear of a preacher falling, that scares me to death. And he would say, you want to know why it scares me to death? He said, because I'm in the same flesh that they're in and I'm not no better than they are. As Brother Caldwell said one time, there's a lot better men fouled this thing up than I am. And that scares me. I'll be honest with you because I know the flesh that I'm in. Say, I know the flesh that I'm in today, but listen, when, when Satan starts talking to you uh, and he starts convincing you that, listen, that, that, this, this, that ain't really what God meant right there. Yeah, it was. When he said in verse 17, In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And so you see what he done. He lied to her in verse 4. said, Ye shall not surely die. He just lied to her. Satan will lie to you. He'll let you think you're going to get away with something that you're not going to get away. I mean, he said you'll be as gods and you're no good and evil. Listen, God's trying to keep something from you. I kind of feel like when I preach on messages like this and and preach against sin and preach about separation and all these things that were to stay out of the world, not go into the world, I think people look at me sometimes. I feel like sometimes folk look at me and say, the preacher just don't want me to have no fun. It ain't about having fun. 
It's about staying separated out of the world. It's about pleasing God. He's the one that bought you and paid for me and gave His Son at Calvary. And you're worried that you're going to miss something in the world. No, it's eventually going to kill you by the time it's all said and done. Preacher, don't want you to have no fun. The Lord's just trying to keep something from you. And He convinced her. Because in verse 6, you know, we, we come and we know what happened that she partakes of it. She listened to the wrong person, but she looked the wrong way. Because when she should have looked away, when she should have got away, the Bible said in verse 6, and when the woman saw. Seeing always gets people in trouble a lot of times, don't it? It got David in trouble, didn't it? He saw Bathsheba in 2 Samuel 11. In Judges chapter 7, the Bible said that Achan, he said, I saw among them, uh, uh, what was it, gold, silver, and a goodly Babylonian cigar. He said, I saw. It always starts with sin. We always look at it and we say, boy, if I could. See, the thing about this is, I'm living in the same flesh you're living in. I deal with the same problems that you deal with. I still have to deal with the old man and some things that are left uh, out of the past and some of the uh, things that just crop up. Uh, uh, listen, why do you think that he said uh, in the text verse over in Proverbs 4 when he said, let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Don't look off. Look straight ahead. Look at the prize. Look at where we're headed. Look at what we're supposed to be doing. Look who that we're supposed to be serving. That's where we're headed tonight. But she looked the wrong way. She saw what? That the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. Little John said, Love not the world, neither things that are in the world. If any man love the world, love the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, love uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not the Father, is in the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust of our abba, he doeth the will of God, abideth forever. What was she dealing with right here? The same thing little John just said. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh, and pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it was going to make her wise. It was going to be good for her. Satan had convinced her when God said that the day that she thereof, thou shalt surely die. And now she is convinced that I, I can eat this and it will make me wise. What makes us wise? This book does. Not only was it going to kill her, but man, it was not only going to kill her physically, but it was fixing to kill her spiritually. Take your Bible and go to the book of Numbers. I believe it's Numbers chapter 22. Talking about going down the wrong path. Numbers chapter 22. As I was looking over this, I come across this scripture. Numbers chapter 22. And I was reminded of Balaam. And what's going on right here is the children of Israel have come up out of the land of Egypt. 
Uh, they're traveling. They're going into the prom- headed toward the promised land. Want to go to the promised land, and uh, they've come around by Moab, and uh, the king of Moab, Balak, he is afraid of Israel, and so he hires Balaam or wants to hire Balaam to come over there uh, and and curse Israel because he said whoever whoever you bless ends up getting blessed, and whoever you curse uh, ends up getting cursed. That's what he told Balaam. He says. Whatever you do, that's what happens. So would you come and curse them? So they come to him once and he sends them away. He said, I've talked to God. And God said, there's no way that I can do that. He said, I have chose them. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to uh, do anything against what God says to do. Uh, and so they go back and says, he's not going to come. He sends him back again. Sends him back again. Uh, greater princes goes to him this time. And the Bible said in verse 16 of Numbers 22... And they came to Balaam and said unto him, Thus saith Balak, the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. For I will promote thee unto very great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Uh, Come therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Well, what answer? That is a wonderful answer. It don't matter if you give me every bit of gold and silver you got. I'm not going to go against what God says. Amen. Amen. That's a good answer. Wish he'd have stuck with it. (laughs) Verse 19. Now therefore I pray you tarry you here this night that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. He said you stay with me and I'll talk to the Lord again just to make sure. And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, that shalt thou do. God said, if they ask you, you go with them. But if they don't ask you, now are you reading that right there? And God came unto Balaam at night and said, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall Say unto thee, That shalt thou do. Verse 21, And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. And God's anger was kindled because he went. Now the only reason that I can figure God's anger was kindled because God said if they ask you, go. The only reason I can figure God's anger was kindled is they didn't ask Him. He got up and just saddled his ass and took off. You can help me with that later on if I'm wrong. Uh, but right here, I, I, we understand. Uh, we go to the book of Jude, and I believe Peter, uh, and we'll look at here in a minute, of why Balaam went. And Balaam ra- rose up in the morning uh, and went. Well, uh, was it in the book of Jude? I believe it was. Jude chapter 1 verse 11 he said, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and Paris after the gain, saying, Cory, talking about the wicked men over there. He used, he used Balaam as an example, and he said they, 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 they ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward. Now we understand why Balaam's going to go. Money. Some people, they get to looking at money. So look here, God's anger, verse 22. God's anger was kindled and he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Boy, that'd be bad, wouldn't it? 
You get God as your adversary, you're going to lose. Now he was riding upon his ass and his two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way and went uh, into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. So she takes off down through the field. He beats the far out of her. But the angel of the Lord said, not knowing that it was her that had saved his life. I'm not going to compare us to a donkey tonight, but there's a lot of people that's interceding for other people. And that's the only reason God ain't killed them. God would have spared, God would have spared Sodom and Gomorrah from 50 people all the way to 10 because of Abraham. Couldn't even find 10 righteous people. Verse 24. But the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyard's wall being on this side and a wall on that side. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself into the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall and he smote her again. One, he's aggravated. Now, uh, two, he's hurt. She's hurting. You know, you get on the wrong path, sometimes it'll end up hurting you. And so he's aggravated again and he beats this Donkey. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in an air place. And there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled. And he smote the ass with a staff. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass. And she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? And Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast smoked me. I, I, I believe I would have stunned our dumbfounded. I mean, this thing's talking to me. What have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? And Balaam said unto thee, Because thou hast smote me, I, 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 I would there were a sword in my hand, for now I would kill thee. You keep that in mind. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am I not thine ass upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever wont to do so unto thee? You have ridden me since the day you've had me. And I've never done that before. Won't you think for a minute, Balaam? I mean, he's getting some wisdom from a donkey right here. Or she's trying to give him some. Was I ever want to do that unto thee? And he said, Nay. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed. Uh, down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine eyes these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me and turned from me these three times. And unless she had turned from me, surely now also I had slain thee and saved her alive. Why ain't that something? Did you see what the angel of the Lord said? He said, I'd have killed you, but I'd inspired her. And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, uh, for I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me. Now therefore, if it displeased thee, I will get me back again. He said, look, if you want me to go back, I'll go back. And God gives him some other instructions. And, and you can go on and you can read the rest of that story right there. But he was in the wrong path. He was in the wrong way. He almost got killed because he was in the wrong way. He was headed down the wrong path and he ended up being aggravated. 
He ended up being just, I mean, the donkey ran down in the field and ended up crushing his foot on the wall and then finally she just fell out from under him and wouldn't go no further. And she, he was so aggravated, he stood there and talked to her and said, I'd kill you if I had something to kill you with. Not knowing that those three times she had saved his life. How many times has people come close to being killed because of the mercy of God? Only the mercy of God. They were on the wrong path, headed down the wrong way, and because of the mercy of God is the only reason they were not killed uh, is because of Him. Got headed in the wrong way. We can justify our reasons. His was to go get money. I understand that. Uh, Eve's was to uh, Eve's was to be wise. You can eat it; it fill you up, just like any other tree. We're going to be like God. We'll know good and evil. Well, why would they want to know evil? Why would they want to know that? I don't want to know that. Do you know that I, 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 you know, the Bible said over in the text verse that I, I read, it says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. I'm very careful what I read. I'm very careful what I watch. I'm very careful what I listen to. I don't need any more problems. Amen. I got enough I fight in my mind as it is. The more you put in there wrong, the better chance you are going to have to head off in the wrong direction. So listen to their own person and looked in the wrong way, but then there was loss that was suffered. They were Adam and Eve was in a perfect garden on a perfect world with a perfect life. And they lost all of it. They died spiritually and they died physically. David's sin, what did it cost him? You ever think about that? What David's sin cost Y'all know this. I preached this many times over, over 21 years. I, I, I mean, David, he, he lost that baby. <coughs> he, he lost that baby. Uh, after that, then uh, you find out that, that Ammon, one of his sons, Tamar, one of his daughter, Absalom got mad because of what Ammon done. Uh, and so he kills him. And by the time it's all said and done, Joab ends up killing Absalom. David has to bury three children and got a girl over here uh, that, that I mean that her mind uh, uh, and her world has been turned upside down because of what one of her brothers done. You know, I, I heard a good message on that one time. Uh, you read about that, about what David done, and the Bible said that he got angry. But that's all he ever done. He got angry. Sometimes we get angry that we never do nothing. Just stop that as a little extra right there. What did Achan lose? What did it cost Achan? When he saw and listened to himself and in pride wanted that stuff, wanted to do his own thing, what did it cost him? They ended up killing him and his family and burning everything that he had. And it is the same with us. There is loss when we get headed down the wrong path and the further that we go and we get away from God. Uh, listen, we lose our fellowship. We lose our joy. Uh, we lose our blessings. Uh, uh, we lose our, our, our long time with God. And misery sets in. 
what's going to happen. You look at Luke 15 and you find out about the prodigal. You know, the waster. After, after his father gave him his portion of goods, he wanted his portion of goods that falleth unto him, and he divided unto them his living, so his older son and his younger son both got it. Verse 13, And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living, and when he had spent all, so he'd had a big time, had a great time. Had all the money in the world, it seemed. He's going to do his own thing. He went down in the far country. I mean, got away from home, got away from daddy, got away from rules, got away from responsibilities. Don't have to work no more. I don't have to listen to him talk about what we got to do tomorrow in the field and all these things. He's having a big time in the world. And the Bible said right here that what? And when he had spent all, it's all gone. There's coming a day that it's all gone. It always took away from you. Took a while. It don't, you, you don't get away from God most of the time. You don't get away from God today and lose it all tomorrow. But boy, you're sure enough headed in that direction. And when he spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. He began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he went into his fields to feed swine. You got a little Jewish boy out here having to go feed pigs. Go back and look at the law. You, you're talking about being degraded. I mean, they weren't supposed to be fooling with that swine. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. He, he, he ain't got no money. He ain't got nothing to eat. He, 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 I mean, he's went and joined himself to assist in that country. I, I, I mean, and, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain and fill his belly with the husk that the swine had eaten. No man gave to him. He wanted to eat the slop. That'd be pretty bad, wouldn't it? He was in bad shape. Why? Got away. Got away from home. Got headed down the wrong path. Nobody ever thinks it's going to happen to them. It's like drinking that first beer, that first drink of liquor. Nobody ever thinks they're going to become an alcoholic. Wine is mocking, strong drink and raging. He's deceived thereby. He is not wise. That's why, that's why Brother Jeff stood right down here uh, on top of a car and watched the boy die down here. All because of drinking. That's right, ain't it? Yeah. They drove off, I mean, come, come up through here and drove off into the churchyard. What was that, Wednesday night? I believe it was on Wednesday night. Come, come through the churchyard, parted through the churchyard, and ended up, and this was back in the old days when the curves went around through there, and, uh, and I mean, ended up down there wrecking, uh, uh, and ended up coming, why, Franklin? Nobody never thinks that from the first time you take that drain up until the day that you end up in a car wreck down here, that all that stuff's going to happen. He started out with money and started out having a big time. But at the end of it, it cost him all of it. And I really don't even think he was in his right mind. Why? Because verse 17 said, when he came to himself. Came to himself. You know, there has to be a day you come to yourself, ain't there? Has to be the day that you come to yourself when you're lost and you realize you're lost and the Holy Spirit works on your heart and He helps you with that. But I'm glad that God's people, when, when they're not right and they're headed the wrong way, I'm glad that you can come to yourself and you don't have to be in a pen to come to yourself. You, you can come to yourself long before you get to the hog pen. And you know what He said? 
How many hired servants my fathers had bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and no more than compel thy son, make me as one of thy hired servants. Man, I love this part. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. Can I, I love that. I love that one portion. I mean, I love it all. But I really love that because the Bible said when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. How did he do that? I believe he was out there looking for him. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that daddy probably went out there every day and he looked down that dusty road and he looked for that boy to come back home. You know, God does us the same way when we get wrong. He just looks for folk to come back home. You know what he done? said when he saw him, he had compassion and ran. Man, he ran to him. He didn't sign her up to him. I, I can see it. I, I picture this thing in my mind. That boy's coming home. Uh, he's as thin as a rail. Uh, he's, he's dirty and dusty. And no doubt he's got pig slop on him. He's only got one pair of clothes. And that's what he's got on. He's, he went out with everything. And he's coming back home with nothing. He's lost his ring. He's lost his shoes. He's lost his good clothes. Uh, he's got nothing. And there he comes home. And that daddy who has waited for him to come home took off like lightning. And ran out there to meet him. And fell on his neck. That tells me that son was already on his knees. Because he fell on his neck. And boy kissed him. He didn't rebuke him. He didn't say I told you so. He didn't say you can't come back home. He just had compassion on him and fell down on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven in thy sight and no more worthy to be called thy son. That's all he got out. I believe that's as far as the daddy had let him go. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him, put the ring on his hand, shoes on his feet and bring him to the fatty calf and kill it and let us see and be merry. For this my son was dead. And he's alive again. He was lost and he's found. And they began to eat and be merry. You know the great thing if you get on the wrong path. You can always go home and get on the right path. You may have you, you may have lost it all. Before you get there he lost it all. He lost it all. But we don't have to lose it all. You see you're headed down the wrong path. You can get right with the Lord. Let's bow our heads tonight.